at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 5th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Let's kick off with European Club Football's top competition. 13-time champion Real Madrid will meet six-time winner Liverpool May 28th in the UEFA Champions League final at the Stade de France near Paris. It's a rematch of the 2018 final in Kiev, Ukraine, where Real beat Liverpool 3-1 to clinch its record-extending 13th title. On Wednesday, at Madrid's Santiago Estadio Bernabeu, Real rallied late to defeat Manchester City 3-1 in extra time and reach its first final in four seasons. In what's being described as a magical night in Madrid, Brazilian substitute Rodrigo scored two goals in the closing minutes of regular time that equaled the series on aggregate at 5-all. Kareem Benzema, the hero of Madrid's previous comebacks this season, converted a penalty kick in extra time for the decisive goal that allowed Real to advance 6-5 on aggregate. Man City manager Pep Guardiola reacted to the agonizing defeat. Yeah, it's tough for us, so we cannot deny it. So we're so close to arrive the Champions League final. Uh, we didn't play much good in the first half. Uh, we didn't found our, our, our game, but it's normal, you know, in this competition it's normal. And in the second half was much better. Much, much better. And we had, uh, after the goal, uh, yeah, we, we control. It's when we found a game, we arrived in the byline, Jack helped us to control the game. And unfortunately, we could not, uh, uh, you could not finish when we're close. And yeah, they found it. And after one minute later, the other one, and when their people support them, so it's a little bit more difficult. And after the penalty, that I didn't watch it uh, make the difference. That's Manchester City football manager Pep Guardiola. Now, Real Madrid had already pulled off thrilling comebacks at home this season in the UEFA Champions League against Paris Saint-Germain in the round of 16 and Chelsea in the quarterfinals. Meanwhile, four PSG stars recently completed a three-day visit to Rwanda. Joining us now with more details is Ejen Uimana in Kigali. Sporty greetings, Ejen. Sporty greetings, Sunny. The four PSG stars as tourists visited the Akajira Park. A savanna covered the landscape inhabited by the big five, namely elephants, rhinos, lions, leopards and buffaloes and other vast varieties of wildlife. On Tuesday morning, they also saw mountain gorillas, an experience they all said was unforgettable. This is PSG's German midfielder Julian Draxler. 
uh, was clearly today to see the gorillas up in the mountains uh, was amazing. I, I will never forget this day in my life, I think, and uh, wanted to thank you all to welcome us here, and we really enjoyed our time, but uh, especially today, uh, I think this day I will never forget. For prestigious Germany defender Philo Keiler, it was an enriching experience. To go in, inside the, the national park and see the gorillas is is uh, unbelievable and is something that I think nobody of us did before. So we're really happy to, to be here and to have experienced all the things here. Meanwhile, PSG's Spanish defender Sergio Ramos came here to Rwanda with his wife. Speaking through an interpreter, Ramos said he appreciated the love fans showed them. First of all, I would just like to say thank you. The welcome since the first day by everyone has been absolutely marvellous. We will take this affection and love you've shown us away with us. We have tried to give something back with the visit over these last three days. And it's been absolutely unbelievable. The, obviously, the safaris has been special, but what we'll most remember is your affection. On the last day of their visit, Kayla Navas, Julian Draxler, Philo Kayla, and Sergio Ramos met with Rwandan children who play for the PSG Academy in southern Rwanda. And the kids asked them different questions about their careers and their stay in Rwanda. I would like to ask this question to Sergio Ramos. Who was your favorite footballer when you were younger? I think to Ronaldo from Brasilia. You know him? He played in Real Madrid. Um, from it, I think to the, the striker, the, the good number, number nine. Ronaldo Nazario da Lima. Um, this for Navas. What made you become a goalkeeper? Um, difficult, eh? <laughs> Buena pregunta. Yo decidí ser portero cuando um, tenía... Yes, that's a difficult. It's a good question. I decided when I was five years old. I was watching a children's kickabout, and this kid made an amazing save. And that save stayed with me. Um, I asked my father straight away, can I join a football academy? And that's exactly what happened, and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had since then. Navas, who was your favorite goalkeeper when you were a child? When I was a child, uh, my favorite goalkeeper was uh, Gabelo Conejo. He is a goalkeeper from Costa Rica. And uh, the really, I, I was two favorite goalkeepers. The other was Lester Morgan. He's the other goalkeeper from Costa Rica. Navas, what is your best childhood memory about football? I think the best memories about football is was I won the Champions League. Uh, I think this was a beautiful moment, and I I want to I want to be there in the same position the next year. My question is for Ramos: How did you get into football? Um, yes, I started very young. My brother was playing locally for a team in Seville, in the south of Spain. I started at six years old, playing with eight years old kids, so two years above me. Then I ended up at Sevilla, Real Madrid, and now PSG. Y después en mi ciudad, en Sevilla, y ya después Madrid, 
y ahora en el PSG. Thank you for your word. <laughs> I, uh, I think the, the same. <laughs> no, muchas gracias por tus palabras. Yo creo... Thank you very much for your kind words. Um, I think the most important thing is to start from zero each year because football doesn't have a memory. You have to forget what you've done last year and set yourself new targets for this year. That's the focus. Has conseguido cada año para seguir teniendo metas, objetivos e ilusión por conseguir las cosas. Yo creo que esa es una de las claves del éxito. The kids asking questions are among 172 children, boys and girls, aged between 6 and 16, who play in a PSG academy built in Huya District, Southern Rwanda. The academy was launched in November 2021 with the aim of unleashing the potential of future Rwandan footballers. The academy and the visit of the PSG stars are embedded in a three-year advertisement deal Rwanda signed with the French giant Paris Saint-Germain in Rwanda's quest to promote tourism. The deal was inked in 2019 to also promote the visibility of Rwandan brands. Apart from tourism, Rwandan tea and coffee are exclusively sold at Le Parc de Prince, the home stadium of PSG with a capacity of close to 48,000. Claire Akamanzi, the CEO of the Rwanda Development Board, says the visit of Ramos and his teammates shows the deal is being well implemented. I also want to thank PSG again for the partnership. I think it has been valuable for Visit Rwanda to partner with their PSG. But I also want to thank the players because without you, there is no partnership. It's you uh, who makes the partnership possible because it's you that create the funds and it's the funds that make the partnership worth it. So without you, the players, there will be no value in the partnership. So you are uh, valuable in your own and I want to thank you very much. And I also want to thank you for coming to Rwanda and being part of um, at this moment, uh, visiting our country. I want to finish by saying that like you or like uh, footballers, Rwanda has a vision to win. We also want to win in the things that we do. We want to win in developing our country. We want to win in developing our people. We have a vision to win. Just like you, when you go to play, you have a vision to win. I think there would have been no better way of a partnership between uh, two people or two groups that believe in the same, which is uh, really winning and making the world a better place through the things that we do. So thank you very much. Tourism contributes more than 40% to Rwanda's economy and the PSG deal, according to Rwanda Development Board, has greatly boosted the tourism industry. The trend kept on rising when the team signed Lionel Messi last year. The Rwanda PSG deal put the Visit Rwanda logo on the French soccer champion's training kit and sees the brand gain visibility on the playing kit sleeve of the PSG women's teams. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Ejene Uimana in Chigari, Rwanda. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. 
My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, VOA State Department correspondent. Nike Ching talks with U.S. Special Envoy for Afghan Women, Girls, and Human Rights, Rina Amiri, who decries the Taliban treatment of women. Then we get a broad update on the Taliban government and status of the humanitarian and economic crisis in Afghanistan from Michael Kugelman of the Wilson Center. Rina Amiri and Michael Kugelman on Afghanistan. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Sporty greetings. I'm Aruno Kordi, Nigerian professional table tennis player, presently playing for Ron Sprudel Fudal Mabase Club of Germany. You're listening to the Sony side of sport on The Voice of America. Aruna Quadri spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye about reaching the number 10 position in the International Table Tennis Men's Singles Rankings. Aruna tells Iron Mike he's delighted about becoming the first African and Nigerian table tennis player to break into the top echelon of the sport. I feel so happy. I'm uh, really excited. Uh, For me, it's uh, another big challenge. And uh, with the support I've been getting all over the world, it seems uh, it is still very possible to even go further. So I feel really challenged. Uh, similarly, I'm very happy and excited, and uh, I'm looking forward to the future. Aruna, how has the journey been to the top of the game? Uh, it has been difficult journey so far to the top. Several hours of traveling, several sleepless nights, several hours of hard working, several times of getting enjoyed, several times of getting defeated, and of course, several positive winnings. Uh, in the end, I can say I am very happy, I am satisfied, I am fulfilled, but of course, uh, everything is still possible. If uh, I am able to continue the same way, it is very possible to even go much more further. I work so hard. I traveled a lot. I invested my time, my money. I invested so much going everywhere around the world, playing tournaments on several occasions, playing alone. It is. Uh, it has to do with a lot of sacrifices. You know, I was never intimidated playing against opponents that has a coach. I was just always focused and focused and I keep believing in myself. And finally, the hard work uh, actually paid off. What next after achieving the top 10 in the world? The next thing is to keep working at another and keep believing, you know, nothing will actually change. Uh, The process will always be almost the same. You know, we practice, we sleep, we rest. We travel, we play tournaments, we are in pressure, we lose, we win. So the difference will only be to keep believing and never quit. So if I am able to keep working other and other, okay, 
there will be bad moments, there will be injuries sometimes, there will be good moment and through the good, good moment I hope I can keep going and going and uh, I pray I have less injuries in the nearest future so that I can actually achieve better results. That's Nigerian professional table tennis player Aruna Quadri. And Aruna spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Germany. Hello, listeners. My name is Sheila Omre Buyungo, uh, KCCA Volleyball Club head coach and national team uh, head coach for the Uganda Volleyball Cranes men. Listen to Sony Side of Sports on Voice of America. The shirt Argentine football legend Diego Maradona wore when he scored two of the most famous goals in history has sold at world record price. My VOA colleague Gwen Uten has details. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. In 1986, Argentina faced England in the quarterfinals of the FIFA World Cup in Mexico. And during that match, Diego Maradona scored two goals for Argentina that have since been regarded as two of the greatest in World Cup history. In the first, Maradona got ahead of English goalkeeper Peter Shilton, and instead of heading the ball, Maradona palmed it into England's net in a move that will be forever known as the iconic, if not controversial, hand of God goal. Then minutes later, Maradona dribbled past six opponents to score what has been called the goal of the century and one of the greatest goals in World Cup history. Maradona's performance gave Argentina a 2-1 victory over England and cemented his name as one of the greatest athletes to ever play the sport. On Wednesday, the number 10 jersey he wore when he scored those historic goals sold for a world record price of over 9 million U.S. dollars at Sotheby's auction house in London. And as the doors opened early Wednesday morning, Sotheby's head of streetwear and modern collectibles, Brom Walker, spoke to Reuters News and prophesied that Maradona's hand of God jersey would sell for a record-breaking price. It's been tremendously exciting and even this morning when we opened up the doors people were crowding around to to look at the shirt. Um, Most exciting, uh, this morning we actually got a bid for four million pounds so that if you you know add the buyer's premium and convert it into dollars that will alone actually be a record for any game-worn item. According to Walker, retired English midfielder Steve Hodge, who inadvertently set up Maradona's Hand of God goal, has had the number 10 jersey in his possession ever since that game. Hodge swapped shirts with Maradona after their 1986 World Cup match. And after loaning it to the National Football Museum, Hodge felt the time was right to put it up for auction. But things got complicated when Maradona's family claimed 
that Hodge did not have the right shirt, saying he kept the shirt Maradona wore in the first half of the match instead of the one from the second half when he scored both goals. However, Brom Walker has pushed back and says the jersey up for auction is authentic and was verified through a process called photo matching. So you have to find a great photo in order to get a photo match, and oftentimes, actually, in the 80s, um, it's harder to get a photo match. But we were fortunate that somebody took a high-resolution photo immediately following the Hand of God goal, um, and we were able to see individual details on his crest that made it possible for us to photo match it, or for resolution photo matching to photo match it. So um, if you look at the top left of the crest here, you can actually see this extra yellow threading, which is... Uh, apparent in pictures of Maradona following the Hand of God goal. Um, right here at the top right of the crest, you can see extra black threading. Um, that extra black threading is also apparent um, in shots immediately following the Hand of God goal. And finally, right here, if you kind of follow the line of the F, there's this very, very small and discreet notch in the black outer crest, um, which is also, you can see that in a photo. Um, and so all of these points together, and actually others as well, um, led to the conclusive photo match. Wachter confirms that the photo matching process directly connects to Maradona's words from his autobiography, Touched by God, where he describes handing the shirt he was wearing at the end of the match to Steve Hodge. When proving that this is the genuine shirt from the second half, the important thing was a, a variety of factors. First, we look at, looked at the provenance. So obviously it came from Steve Hodge, who flicked the ball to Maradona on the hand of God play. Um, it was then stored in a museum. Um, but most importantly, um, we undertook a process called photo matching, which is when you look at the shirt in really microscopic detail, even examining individual threads and groups of fabric um, and comparing it against photos of the game to the shirt that we have in our possession. And we were able to find uh, conclusive photo matching through a firm outside of the company that we hired to do it. I have to mention Diego Maradona helped lead his team to a 3-2 victory over West Germany at the 1986 World Cup final to lift the trophy for Argentina. Maradona died two years ago of cardiac arrest at the age of 60, but he will forever be remembered as one of the greatest footballers to ever grace the game. Maradona's shirt now has a new mystery owner and has been sold at the highest price ever paid for sports memorabilia. The $9 million selling price breaks the previously held record for the highest amount paid for a shirt worn during a sports match. That jersey was worn by New York Yankees baseball legend Babe Ruth, which sold for just over $5 million U.S. dollars. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. This is Sonny Saddles, boss. <laughs> the Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins the forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal. Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7 FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. 
Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 resumes on May 21st when the BAL playoffs tip off at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. In the opening playoff game, Rwanda Energy Group will host FAP of Cameroon. Rwanda Energy Group, or REG, should have a lot of partisan support as it tries to advance to the semifinals. Also on May 21st, in the second BAL playoff game, Petro de Luanda of Angola will play AS Sale. On May 22nd, there will be two more playoff games. Defending league champion Zamalek of Egypt will host Slack of Conakry, Guinea. And U.S. Monastir, a finalist in 2021, will play the Cape Town Tigers from South Africa. The Basketball Africa League semifinals will be played on May 25th and the final on May 28th. The Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In NBA playoff action Wednesday night, the Miami Heat and the top-seeded Phoenix Suns both won at home to take two games to none leads in their respective second-round series. First up, the Suns. And the AP's George Tanner tells us how the Suns won by 20 points over the Dallas Mavericks. Chris Paul put in 28 points, 14 in the fourth quarter, as the Suns defeated the Mavericks 129-109 to take a two-game-to-nothing lead in their semifinal series. The Suns had a 23-2 run, thanks to Paul getting hot at the key time, and he says it's something he likes to do. You know, I just I read the game. And other guys on the team made big shots, you know, whenever they made a run or just to get us going and get us warmed up into the game. And so uh, just feeding off of that. Devin Booker scored 30 for the Suns. It was their 11th straight win over Dallas since November of 2019. Luka Doncic led Dallas with 35 points, five rebounds and seven assists. George Tanner, Phoenix. Thanks, George. Now let's go to Miami, Florida where the Miami Heat beat the Philadelphia 76ers by 16 points, as we hear now from the AP's Dave Ferry. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler carried the Heat to a 119-103 win over the 76ers and a two-games-to-none lead in the first-round series. Adebayo had a team-high 23 points for Miami. I feel like just having tremendous energy and, uh, you know, attacking the glass, you know, just trying to get those easy baskets and then, you know, just providing... All that effort for my teammates is allowing me to be who I am. Butler chipped in 22 points and 12 assists as the Heat took a 2-0 series lead for the 18th time. They've never lost those series. Victor Oladipo scored 10 of his 19 points in the final period. Tyrese Maxey had a game-high 34 points for the Sixers, who host Game 3 on Friday. Tobias Harris added 21 points and James Harden 20 for Philadelphia. I'm Dave Ferry. Hi, my name is Honor Sam Amedur Gitar, the president of FIBA Africa Zone 3. I want to give a shout out to the sunny side of sports. Thank you. This is Dikeme Mutombo. I am from Africa. Malaria kills 
thousands of children every day. Don't let your child be one of them. Make sure they sleep under a treated mosquito net. Beating malaria is like winning at basketball. You need to get to the net. This is the voice of America. Washington, Bob, D.C. Voice of America. edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. Sunny Side Sports!